You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. It is great to be with you again. Thank you for making time for us in your busy weekend and joining us here on the Health Call Radio Hour. Let's begin with how you began your day. Think back to your morning routine and any skincare products that you used. Many men start out with shaving cream. Women, they're more likely to apply a moisturizer or various forms of makeup. Well, dermatologist Fane Fry says in many cases, we're being tricked, tricked into buying lotions, potions, and wrinkle creams. In fact, she says that is why she wrote a book called The Skin Care Hoax. Now, that really gets your attention. It's a catchy title. But what then? What does she want us to know about all the stuff we put on our face and the industry convincing us to buy it? The skincare industry is a great industry, and it makes great products that are truly good for us, mainly sunscreens and moisturizers. Uh, unfortunately, there is a lot of products out there that make claims that just aren't, um, they just don't come true. The most important information on a skincare bottle is the ingredient listing. And most consumers don't have the chemistry background to understand the chemistry ingredient listing. Um, that leaves room for marketing. And when you have a lot of marketing, there's confusion. And so in my experience is the overwhelming majority of patients I see, women and men too, are very confused by the, by the selection process of what they need, what they don't need, what should they buy, what they don't need to buy. And I compiled reasons what to say what you need, and I put it in a book called The Skincare Hoax to uh, advocate for the consumer. So I want to talk about skin itself. The top layers of my skin are actually dead. So what are these moisturizers going to do for me? Well, the skin is a complex organ, but it's a great, it's obviously the largest organ in the body. The very surface of the skin, as you said, the 20 top layers is a layer of skin that is the cells are not living. Uh, but they are functional. They actually regulate water control in the skin. Um, but being all that being said, these cells are not alive. You can't nourish them. We hear nourishing creams and the skin is an amazing barrier. Uh, we're virtually waterproof. I mean, imagine we can swim in the ocean for hours, right? Nothing goes into us, nothing comes out of us. So the skin is an amazing organ. It's uh, an amazing barrier. And unfortunately, most of the ingredients that claim to do what they do as cosmetics, they can't penetrate through that layer. Yeah, I read, I read in your book that um, some people start the day by applying more than 500 different chemicals to their skin. Walk me through that. Well, think about it. You, uh, you use uh, antiperspirant. You might use, uh, women in particular, use makeup. Uh, you might take a shower and you're exposed to the cleansers. Uh, you're exposed to shampoo. There might be a conditioner. Men might add a shaving cream, a moisturizer, then there's sunscreen, and any given product can have between 20 and 50, sometimes 60 or 70 different ingredients. You do the math. You add it up, you get to about 500 chemicals a day. And which of those are the really most important? When you talk about moisturizers, what are they actually doing to my skin? Well, moisturizer is an interesting term. A moisturizer, most people think a moisturizer adds water to the skin. Lee, moisturizers don't add water to the skin. It, it creates an environment where the skin can maintain its own water. It minimizes water loss from the skin. 
So a great moisturizer is a barrier. It aids in a barrier and it gives the skin an environment where it can increase its water content. So does that then cause my the, the skin to puff up? And is that why some claim to be able to resolve wrinkles? Well, the, the, the major effect of most anti-wrinkle creams is its ability to moisturize. Um, we, we should discuss the, the idea that these are cosmetics. And this is an idea that most consumers aren't aware of. In, in this country, we have laws. And the law in this country, in the United States, the FDA, um, there's a law that says a cosmetic is a, is a product that intends to beautify. So lipstick and, 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 and blush and, and even moisturizing because it in, increases the appearance of skin just through water increase. But if a, a product intends to actually change the structure or the function of any particular organ, in this case, the skin, by law, it's defined as a drug. And that means it has to go through the FDA. The products that I talk about that I think aren't necessary are cosmetics, which by definition really don't intend to permanently change the skin. Um, and most of these products are oil and water mixtures. As you know, oil and water don't mix. So we add emulsifiers that keep the product in suspension. Mm -hmm. um, and those would be the kinds of ingredients that you would see in the moisturizer component. I have another one here from CeraVe. CeraVe V. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, moisturizes through the day, helps protective skin barrier with ceramides. What are ceramides? Uh, great question. So the, each end of, you know, those 20, those 20 layers of dead cells that you have on the surface? Yep. They're wrapped in fat. And one of the fats that it's wrapped in, which is what keeps us waterproof, it, are ceramides. And so ceramides are a natural component of the top layer of skin, again, which keeps water from evaporating, and they're necessary. That particular ingredient you have in your hand has those ceramides in it, which is well and good. But my question is, while you're putting those ceramides on the top layer of skin, are they really penetrating into the, into the layers of skin? It would be like having, you know that pink um, insulation that you have in your house between the walls? Oh, yeah, sure. If you were to take... You know, you're from, you know what I'm talking about, that fiberglass? Yep. Mm -hmm. If you were to take that fiberglass and stick it on your roof of your house, do you think it would do anything? Okay, it's, <laughs> it's a part of your house, and it's a good, right. it's a good, it's a, it's inherent in the house, and it's useful. It helps keep the house insulated. But I'm asking the question, is just putting it on the roof, is it helpful? Ceramides are a great component of skin, but I don't know that if you stick it on the skin, I'm not convinced that it's going to necessarily benefit in the skin itself. It's a great marketing ad, though. I mean, because what they're yeah. saying is true. It does contain ceramides. And then you uh, you mentioned the hyaluronic acid uh, previously. What is that stuff? I see it in lots of products. <laughs> hyaluronic acid is a is a, um, a mucopolysaccharide. It's a sugar type that again is a lot of soft tissue in your body is comprised of hyaluronic acid, just like the ceramides. But it's a very large molecule, and getting that molecule through those twenty layers of skin would be like getting a Mack truck through the coffee shop door. It would just, it's just not happening. But when it's in a moisturizer, and it's not an inexpensive ingredient, in a moisturizer, it acts as a great humectant, meaning it holds a lot of water. And this is one of the ingredients in a well-formulated moisturizer that, again, helps the skin retain water, even when it's applied on the surface. Um, but again, just to say, because it's in the skin and we use it, in my opinion, as good as a humectant as it is, I think it increases the price of products over a humectant like glycerin, which works very well and it's very inexpensive. 
So a quick recap. We covered a lot of territory there. When you read the label, she says ceramides and hyaluronic acid. Those are good things to look for in a moisturizer. Glycerin, that's good, affordable, not expensive as well. But what about eye creams, night creams, wrinkle removers with retinol, anti-aging products, all this other stuff we're being asked to buy. Well, let's dig into that. We'll have more with Dr. Fane Fry as we look deeper into her book, The Skincare Hoax. It's coming up here on the Health Call Radio Hour on WoWo. You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. And welcome back to our look at what dermatologist Fane Fry says is the skincare hoax. In fact, that's the title of her new book in which she says we're being tricked into buying lotions, potions, and wrinkle cream that are big on promises, but short on results. She is skeptical of a couple of products in particular. Listen to what she has to say about eye creams and night creams. Yes, how well those work is basically how well they moisturize. Remember, these are cosmetics that by law can't really intend to change the skin. Night creams are my favorite. You know, those ingredients in the night creams are the same ingredients that we use in the day creams. And I always joke, if you work the night shift, do you need a day cream? Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes it makes no sense. If the product is made in a factory in Australia and it's shipped here, is that going to confuse the product because it's night and day? It, it, it makes no sense to me. A night cream has no sunscreen in it because why would you want to apply sunscreen filters at night? And it's usually thicker. Um, women don't like to put on moisturizers that are thick in the morning because a lot of times they want to apply their makeup over it and nobody wants to apply makeup on a thick and greasy base on the, on the face mm-hmm. moisturizer. Yeah. So night creams are usually thicker, but uh, I, I think that's a kind of product that you can pass. What about products with retinol and, and the vitamin A extract that's supposed to exfoliate the skin and supposedly that fixes wrinkles? Do I have that right? Well, the retin-A is the, uh, the, the prescription tretinoin is a, a, a relative of retinol, and it's a magnitude stronger than retinol as a prescription. It is the gold standard anti-wrinkle cream, although the package insert on that product clearly says does not restore more youthful skin. Now you ask me about retinol, which is a much weaker vitamin A derivative. Um, I don't think the benefits outweigh the risks of the product. A lot of people get scaly and, and irritated from it. Uh, and I don't think women who are advised to then use steroids on their face to control that inflammation, I don't, I don't buy into any product where you have to be applying a steroid on your face to control inflammation from a product to get rid of a wrinkle. And again, these retinol products are cosmetics. They're not intended to really get rid of the wrinkle. If you hydrate the skin, you might decrease the appearance of the fine line and wrinkle just by high hydration. Take a raisin, pump water into it, you have a grape. It looks better, but it is a temporary cosmetic. Got it. Uh, does price have anything to do with quality or effectiveness? I mean, I've seen stuff out there, what, $300, $500 a, a, a jar? Oh, you are so right. I've seen $500 a jar. They're going up to $800 a jar. And if you think these average jars that are being sold are one ounce, that's about the size of a shot glass. Uh, Multiply it by 16, right? There's 16 ounces in a pound. You can get up to $8,000, $9,000 per pound. 
there's no correlation. Uh, it's a great question between how much you pay and how much a product works as a moisturizer. There's absolutely no correlation whatsoever. And I know this because I test them in my office with a machine called a corneometer. I actually have a machine to test water content of skin. Um, the big companies, um, they make... They have the resources to make quality, effective products that are available and affordable. So that's why I recommend them. Uh, with all that being said, Lee, if you have a lot of money and you like the packaging and you want to go buy a perishable for $8,000 a pound, I, who am I to stop you? Uh, I am. I like to work on uh, old sports cars, and sometimes I'll come home, my hands are greasy and filthy. And I have found that my wife's makeup remover towelettes do the best job of cleaning my hands from automotive stuff. And, and I smell pretty, too. So that tells me what about these products, that they're cutting oil and grease, right? Yeah, a cleanser has a surfactant in it. That's an ingredient that surrounds the oil, the dirt, and it decreases the surface tension so that when the water comes along, it rinses it away. I'm not a huge fan of towelettes because you're really not washing anything away. You're just kind of wiping it onto a towel. So I actually just think water and a mild cleanser under the sink is ideal um, if you so choose to do that on your face. But we have old cultural norms that we have to shower in these five-step cleansing processes, you know, an oil-based cleanser and a water-based cleanser and a, a toner and astringent. And if you don't get the residue off, you do something else. Well, if you need all that, you're clearly using the wrong cleanser, in my opinion. Yeah, I get that. One thing that I know you feel very strongly about, and that is sunscreen. So give us a, a quick education on selecting the right sunscreen and how to use it. <laughs> Sunscreen, in my opinion, is the single most effective product on the market to protect skin, to prevent sun damage, to prevent skin cancer. And I believe it should be used every day, liberally. Um, we do it when we brush our teeth. We don't say, oh, geez, what am I eating today? Do I need to brush my teeth or not? We just brush our teeth. And I believe sunscreen should be the same on all exposed surfaces, face, ears, neck. I'm in New York, so this time of year, that's all that's exposed, really, except the back of my hands. Um, and I believe it should be 30 or higher, and it should be put on liberally. Uh, if you can reapply it during the day, great. That, that would be ideal. Um, top, you know, um, national and internationally known brands have the resources to make effective sunscreens. And I tell people, find one you like. I like the solid stick. Some people like a, a spray. Some people like a, a, a cream or a, a lotion. Find one you like and use it daily. You will thank yourself 10 years from now. And does it matter 30, 15, 100? Do those numbers make a difference? 30 or higher is recommended. I happen to use a 70. I, I go higher. Uh, and again, that's so that if I do skimp a little bit and don't get the thickness I want, perhaps I get at least a 30. So if you're really going to get what's on the label, you have to put on enough. And most people don't put on enough, so they don't, they don't get the 30. Uh, if you pick an SPF 15 and you don't put on enough, you're only going to get an 8 or a 10. So that's why I suggest the higher, the better. And again, that is dermatologist Fane Fry, the author of a new book called The Skin Care Hoax, How We're Being Tricked into Buying Lotions, Potions, and Wrinkle Creams. The video version of our interview, which is on the Health Call Live website, goes into greater detail. We demonstrate how to use a product selector you'll find there. It's free. It's easy to use. Basically, you select whether you're looking for a moisturizer, a skin cream, a sunscreen, or a cleanser. Then tell them where you're going to use it, your face, your hands, your body. Then you can choose whether you want fragrance-free, whether you want a sunscreen, whether your skin is 
prone to acne, eczema, that kind of thing. What you'll get is a list of products that you can buy directly on Amazon. Dr. Fry does receive a referral commission from Amazon for anything you buy, but she says she donates that to a skin cancer charity. By the way, she says you are probably safe if you want to ignore the expiration dates on most cosmetics. If they look fine and smell fine, she says they're probably ready to use. Again, that book is called The Skincare Hoax. All right, we have a lot more to come, so I hope you'll stay tuned to the Health Call Radio Hour here on WoWo. Podcasts by Federated Media.